It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building. Laura and I are enjoying this two-month series called Equipped based upon a Bible study uh, method. It's a tool that my dad put together, so you can't Google it. We like to call it the Reads. Uh, it's an acronym for read, examine, application, dialogue, and seeing in the spirit. Uh, you, again, this is something, this is just a tool for learning how to study the word and just as important, learn to recognize the Holy Spirit speaking the rhema word, which is the Holy Spirit directed personalized word to you uh, when you're having your quiet time. Because Laura, we all know if your quiet time um, is meaty and has meaning, you're more likely to do it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise yes. it just becomes like one of your to do's uh, on your list. And that's just not, it's not at all what God had intended for your quiet time to look like. So if you have not tuned in to beyond the building in the past, what we would ask you to do actually is to go back and listen to uh, episode 92, where Laura and I just walk you through how to use this reads tool in your quiet time for these two months, March and April, we are focusing on on just applying this tool in our everyday um, quiet times. So it's been pretty fun today, Laura. We are looking at the passage of John 20, 11 to 18. It's a different one. I, this is the one I think you suggested that we look at. This is the resurrected Jesus meets Mary along the path. So how about, um, why don't you start off reading 11 to 14 and then I'll jump in. Okay. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. And he asked her, woman, what are you, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned towards him and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, don't hold on to me yet, for I have not yet ascended to the father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. She told them that he had said these things to her. All right. So I, uh, I'll start out here on the examine part, Deb. And, and basically because you said that I am the one who suggested this passage and that is very true. And I remember when I suggested this passage, it's because I was focused on the way that Jesus responded to Mary in the garden and I'm overwhelmed whenever I read this story about how loving and kind Jesus was when he revealed himself to her. And I'm just picturing picturing this reunion after such a, you know, a horrific few days that she's just endured. But really, when we went back and did the reads on it, uh, it was probably a few weeks later. And what I saw when I was examining this passage, what stood out to me was over and over again, there is, uh, especially in the beginning, this great display of emotion by Mary. Um, Everything that she says, everything that she does 
is covered over by emotion that we we would expect because she's just been through a really traumatic situation. But you can tell as we're going through this that her emotion is what's leading the way rather than her uh, really trust or faith leading the way and then having emotions alongside it. Let me start out by saying Mary encounters two angels when she gets to the tomb. Now she is hoping to, or she's expecting to see Jesus' body, and instead she sees two angels. Now, Deb, you know as well as I do and our listeners do too that when people encounter angels in the Bible— most of the time, the response to the angel is great fear, right? Or who are you and why are you here? Some kind of a an, uh, a response that comes out of a place of not understanding why an angel would be in that place at all. And I have to look at Mary. You know, she's crying. She looks over. She sees not just one angel, but two angels. And instead of kind of saying, angels, well, why are you here? Do you have a message from the Lord? Her emotional uh, state at that time is leading the way. It's guiding the way for everything to the point where two angels sitting in the tomb (laughs) do not even shock her in this moment. So I'm seeing this woman who is clearly overwhelmed by great emotion. And you can even see it in her next statement. When the angels say, I mean, angels say, why are you crying? Instead of saying, she doesn't say, who are you? She says, they have taken the Lord away. She never says who they are. She says they. She just gives generalizations. And I'm putting myself in her place because I think there are moments where our emotions lead us and guide us. And again, we just start saying things or things don't make sense in the way that we're saying it. And so I kind of was looking at Mary's response all the way up until when she actually recognizes that she's standing before Jesus. Every action, every word, every question, every response that Mary makes, everything that she sees, everything that she does is clouded by her emotion. Her vision is clouded by her emotion. Her words are clouded by her emotion. And so what I'm seeing here is that Mary is allowing her emotions to really drive the bus in this story. And because she's allowing her emotions to drive the bus in this story, she's not seeing with clarity what she would have seen had she been the one driving the bus and her emotions are riding alongside. Mm. So I wasn't even, I didn't even pay attention to the angels. I just skipped right through. Um, And what struck me was a, a, a piece that her vision was cleared when she heard him call her name, mm-hmm. right? When he defined who she was, she thought he was the gardener. And then, then it says, and then he said to her, Mary, and that's when she turned and that's when she recognized him and called him teacher. So that was, a, that was the first piece of examine was just looking at that difference. But then this really caught my attention in verse 17. He says to her, don't hold on to me for I've not yet ascended to the father, go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to the father, to your father, my father and your father, to my God and your God. And I think, I think what drew me in, I've never heard Jesus call his disciples brothers before. Mm. So that's where an examine, I started looking in some of the commentaries. And in fact, that word for brothers right there is In Greek, it means the fellow Christian, like you're in the same religious community. Mm. So, and and they they said that is the first reference where Jesus calls them brothers. And he's also saying, listen to it, to my father, your father, Mm. right? It was a change. It was a new vision for Mary and it was new, a new identity Mm. as, as 
as brothers, as brothers, you know, in the Lord and with the same father. Mm. Now, as I continued to dig into the commentaries on that word brother and G that change of a relationship, it took me to Hebrews two, uh, verse 11. And I'm going to read that because Jesus, it's referencing Jesus referring us as the family in Hebrews two 11 says both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Mm. You've got two individuals there, right? Both the one who makes people holy, that's going to be the God piece, right? The, mm. the deity and those who are made holy, that's us are of the same family. Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers or sisters. Now I got to tell you this, you know, we started off in this John passage, but the Lord really started taking me towards Hebrews, which again, last, last week we talked about, you got to follow the lead of the Holy right, Spirit. That's right. <laughs> right. And it's not, it's not breaking the rules that we are allowed to look at Hebrews if we want to. I, I think the thing that struck me in there was that he wasn't ashamed to call me his daughter, right? He wasn't ashamed to call me part of the family of God. And I started, I don't know, if, did, did your dad do things just to embarrass you? Every day. Like, <laughs> I will say the things my dad did because he's probably even listening to this. Yeah. But but there's something about a parent, especially a father, that just gets that twinkle in their eye and says, what can I do Yes, to just keep you from being so stuffy, especially in your teenage years, right? And, yes. and just, and then you're so embarrassed. You're yes. so embarrassed, right? But then there's that more serious side where, where you have grow up feeling like I I'm an embarrassment mm. to a parent. You know, you, you, you and I have heard that with a lot of counseling, somebody struggles with shame. Mm. You're struggling with like the places you failed mm. or labels. And then you are ashamed of, of what you've done. Then you're almost like, is God ashamed of me? Mm. Like I'm calling myself a Christian and, and some of my flub ups is God ashamed of me. And I think this is where God kept drawing me to that. He is not ashamed mm. of me. Mm. His opinion needs to matter the most for me. He's not ashamed of me. And, and so I'm not going to share my application just yet, but that's, that's where he was taking me from this yeah. passage. Wow. My wow. eyes are opened when he calls my name and he's, he's calling me family mm. because of this new relationship in Christ. I'm identified as family and he's not ashamed of me. Amen. So that's just kind of, it's just different. It's Amen. different. Amen. I love that. I love it when God ties different uh, portions of the scripture together and speaks to us in, in different ways like that. I just love that. I think I have one more quick point to the examine piece that actually builds on what you're um, sharing. You know, Mary's emotions, they're high through this whole story. This is what I saw, but the emotions changed when she saw the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so when her eyes were open, like you were saying, she had, and she had true vision. It was like her emotions were no longer guiding her. The moment that she saw the Lord, she was still on high emotion. I mean, she turns toward him and she cries out. I mean, that's high emotion, but her emotion is not what's clouding her a vision anymore. Her emotion is a response to seeing the Lord. And so as we move into application here, 
you know, thinking back to what God uh, had shown me in the examine part, that it was all about this emotional state. And are your emotions going to control you or are you going to um, put gear your emotions into the right way? Um, the application for me was, I need to remember to see the Lord in all of my circumstances. So I'm not making decisions based on my emotions or on my own understanding. And I think uh, in Mary's story, she went from not doing that to doing that. And the thing that happened in the middle was that she saw the Lord. She saw him revealed and it was, it was the game changer. Mm. So if I pull into application, right, focusing on this shame piece, I need to remember that my Abba, Heavenly Father, is not ashamed to call me his daughter, regardless of how I am succeeding or struggling or even failing. Mm. And, and this is when I just asked the Lord, what do you want me to remember from this? This is, I just, I felt it's prompting to write this. And I have to tell you, Laura, I sat there and went, do I even want to do a dialogue on this? Mm. Right. Mm. Because that my history, my history, if you remember, is my testimony revolves around dealing with perfectionism and falling apart and, and being so afraid of being seen failing at something. Right. And he, and this is what he, I need to remember that he's not ashamed to call me his daughter, regardless mm. of if I'm succeeding or struggling or even failing. And I'll be honest with you. There was a piece of me that went, I think I want to stop right there because <laughs> yeah, I, you. you know, this doesn't sound like it's going in a good direction in terms of, you know, for the old fears, old yep. fears that I struggled with. So that was where my application went, you know, why don't I just go my dialogue yeah, so it'll go for flow it. yep. smoothly. Uh, this is when I asked the father, okay, all right, I'm willing to move forward on this probably because we have to do a podcast and I need to finish <laughs> it. I can't chicken out right now, but this is what he said, Debbie, I am calling you to stretch and to grow. I'm sending, sending some new opportunities your way. Ones that you have not encountered before. Debbie, do you remember how new challenges take time? It's like learning to ride a bike and you fall off and you need to get back on. Do you remember your early days as a physical therapist and the mistakes you made, but you had to keep treating patients? Do you remember some of your early meals when you were first married and you yet you still had to continue to cook? Remember, as I call you to step into the new, I am never and I will never be embarrassed to call you mine. Mm, mm. Now, when you listen to that, what do you mm. tend to hear? Mm. Right, I'm calling you into some new and it's not always going to go smoothly. Mm. And it was just, it was interesting in the midst of writing that, Laura, there was this piece of um, fear that mm. crept into my mind. Now, where does fear come? It's not coming mm. from the Lord. It's come from the enemy. Mm. And he was trying to take me back to those days, those old days of my twenties where mm. I was terrified of really messing up, mm. like terrified. Mm. And so he's saying, look, it's, I'm going to stretch you, right. I'm going to stretch you. And mm. you're not always going to get it right, but I'll never be ashamed of you. Debbie. That's just so deep, you know? I, I mean, I'm thinking about raising Emily and the times that I gave her wings to fly and do something do something new, and she would be afraid to do it, similar to what you're saying. And, and I'm sitting there going, like, try it. Do mm -hmm. what I've told you to do. Like, at the end of the day, I'm still going to give you a hug. You're right. still going to sleep in my house. You right. know, like, you're still going to, we're still going to take care of you. You're still part of the family. In fact, I'm going to be proud of you for trying, not ashamed of you if you fall off the bike. 
Right. You know, so it's it's really, really very, very um, encouraging, I think, that God meets you exactly where he knows that you are prone to in your past uh, responding so I that you can respond differently. I really appreciate you just said that about Emily, because as I, I think that just connected a, a parent piece. Like we pushed our kids to do things. Yeah, exactly. Knowing that they weren't going to get it right, right yes. out of the gate. But like yes. what you said, I, I, I know it sounds simple, Laura, but what you just said about you're still going to live in our house. You're still going to be part of our yeah. family. Yeah. Even knowing ahead of time that, that your kid isn't always going to get it right. 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 So where the enemy, I'm listening to the Lord in this and where yeah. the enemy's trying to creep in an old message. Yes. Right. I think yes. the Lord was like, no, this is a new, this is new vision, right? Yes. New yes. vision, Debbie, yes. you, you may, I'm calling you a specific name. I'm calling you family, yeah. calling you daughter. I'm not ashamed of you. And even just, I think the Lord just used you just now mm. to reframe that a little bit more for mm. me mm. saying, let's not let the enemy have an open door to cause mm. you fear to step back into the old patterns of, of living. That's interesting. Mm. I think God just used you again to do that. So <laughs> well, <I'm> that, was, <laughs> that was my application and dialogue. What about you? That's awesome. Well, my application was um, I need to remember to see the Lord in all of my circumstances. So I'm not um, making decisions based on my emotions or my understanding. Mm. I think I already read that. But as we go into dialogue with that, it, it kind of takes me back to last week's. We were talking about being on the mat. And I don't know if you remember that... Um, my vision or my my seeing in the spirit at that time was me trying to scramble to bring everything onto the mat with me and God saying like there are four things that are going to carry you to the place that you're going next and um, I felt like in the dialogue the Lord was saying I want you to know that seeing me is the greatest vision available let me just have a side note here I've been praying to the Lord a lot recently for visions and dreams and, and whatnot and he said to me, the greatest vision you can have is seeing Jesus, right? So I think mm. that that's profound right there. I could stop there. Uh, but not only will you experience new life when you see me, but it will give you um, a witness to share. And so, Lord, I said, well, how do I see you? And I'm telling you, in this uh, dialogue and even in my uh, seeing in the spirit this week, I don't feel like God gave me a lot of clarity. It was almost like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. There's just mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of unfinished phrases, I feel, but on purpose, you know, how do I see you? And and the Lord literally said, remember what I said and let your questions lead you to me, right? Mm, I was like, that's good. Okay. And then I said, well, what places am I not seeing you? And this is what he said, open your eyes, Laura, see the Lord. So I think there are times when we go to the Lord, right? And he's, he's not going to just say, oh, well, this is the area. This is the right. area. It's almost like, open your eyes. Like, don't be like Mary. Don't let your emotions cover all of this. Um, so that's really where the dialogue stopped. And then um, when I saw in the spirit was a partially opened tomb. Now we know in Mary's story, right? The tomb is open. There are two angels. She she looks in, the, the tomb is open. Jesus is free. And yet for me, the picture was um, a partially opened tomb. And um, I felt like the Lord was saying, you know, I want you to see places where uh, full life is not being experienced. Um, and these are the places where you're going to see the Lord uh, show up. And so I don't know, I, I like to tie things together, right? So I think about last week's podcast and me trying to gather things to do for Jesus and put them on the mat with me, right? And now this, this week, it was almost like, okay, so in doing that, 
you're not really experiencing full life, right? You, you're you going to experience full life when you're doing the thing I've called you to do. And so I just felt like God is uh, saying to me through that, um, I have a vision for you. Open your eyes. It's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Stop scrambling mm. to get the stuff and just trust in, in me. So mm. I find that very encouraging. My uh, seeing the spirit was just a simple picture of a father and a young child, and I'd say like elementary age. Mm-hmm. And and I'm assuming it's me just because I feel like it was kind of wispy blonde hair kind of yeah, yeah. sticking out and not holding together well in the ponytail, which was me. Um, I have band-aids on my knees mm. and he's standing next to me, but his arm, his hand is like draped around my shoulders, just kind of like ownership, mm-hmm. right? Like, look, apparently you did not do something well with scraped knees. But, mm-hmm. but I'm just standing here. I, he, I just see his hand resting gently. Mm-hmm. Like it's, um, I don't know. It's like when you hold somebody's hand, like there's letting other people know there's a connection. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a relationship there. So yep. he's just standing next to the little girl that apparently has fallen somewhere and scraped herself. And he's just standing there with his hand on her shoulder. Yep. Wow. So that, that was my scene in the spirit. That's beautiful. I'm telling you, it's amazing. I'm loving what God is speaking to our hearts. And, and really, Debbie, I do... I know I said this last week too, but I do feel like there's a lot of vulnerability going out in these two months. I know. I feel like maybe this uh this two month um theme shouldn't have been equipped. It should just be like vulnerable. That's what it should have been called. Because <laughs> when you're putting your story out there, when you are yeah. sharing with other people, so maybe that's an encouragement with all of these two, right? When God's speaking to our hearts, it's okay. Actually, you need accountability. You need a friend to share these things with. Like Deb, I hope that you continue to encourage me, and I know that you will by saying, "Like, hey, so what have you been? Tra- What's God told you to get off the mat? You know, or or right. whatnot? What are you holding on to? You shouldn't be holding on to." And the same thing uh, with you and me hearing what God's been speaking to your heart. So if you have uh, been able to participate with us in John 20, um, you know that we love to hear from you. You can write to us at beyondwomensconference at gmail.com and give us um, something that the Lord may be speaking to you through this passage. Um, Otherwise, we would love for you to continue uh, on this journey with us next week. We're going to look at Matthew 13. We're going to particularly look at the passage uh, on the four different types of soil. And I know that it's a very well-known passage, but it's going to be amazing to hear how God speaks uh, in this familiar passage to us in new ways based on where we find ourselves today. So join us uh, next week. We'd love to have you with us. We are we are really, really loving what God is doing in this, in this new um, two months. So thanks for being with us. Uh, we love the word of God. We love sharing it with you. And we are grateful for what God's doing here at Beyond. So have a great week. Uh, open up your Bibles, get out your journal and do some reads and we will see you next week. Take care. Thanks everybody. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.